whole chapter. We're concluding our sermon series on God at work, your vocation in disrupting times. The things that God calls you to do, your provision, God providing for you, all of those things and vocations have been in a big way disrupted during this season. Even those of you who haven't lost work, and many of you have lost your positions or found new ones or had to shift or whatever, all of us have been affected. All of us have been affected by the the moving around and disruption caused by the pandemic and the political situation, the social unrest, the fires, you name it. There's a lot of stuff going on right now. And I don't know how people get through this stuff without faith. I really don't. I, it's it's or why you would choose not to give faith a shot during a time like this. But disruption is hard for all of us, but we're people of faith and we're going to get through it. I'm very excited about that. I'm going to start with Genesis 3. I had some insights on Genesis 3, listening to a lot of Bible passages. So if you'll turn your Bibles to that, we're going to just skip around within the chapter. It's the story of Adam and Eve in the garden. And if you look at the screen here, you see... Eve handing Adam the fruit. And I just want to share that a lot of people think that this story is just superstition, old-fashioned, da-da-da-da-da, but it's a story about you and it's a story about me. And there probably is no truer chapter in the Bible as far as the human condition goes. It really shows us what's up and why we're struggling right now and why we need the Lord. It's all in this one chapter. And I just I just love the Bible. The thing I love about the Bible most, and uh, Jordan Peterson says this so well, he says, the great thing about the Bible is they wrote it on scrolls, but it's written in hypertext. You know what, what hypertext is when you click on something and it goes somewhere else? Everything in the Bible relates to everything else in the Bible. And if you have a chain reference Bible, you've seen that, where it just you can just go forever. It depends on how far down the rabbit hole you want to go. Because the reason for that is every single author of the Bible, through the centuries and centuries that they were writing this book, every single author was keeping the whole rest of the Bible that was written at the time in mind while they were writing it. And so they were writing in relation to everything else that was in the Bible while they were writing, so everything relates to everything else. And there is no end to it, and you're never going to replace this with another book. And Genesis chapter 3, probably more than any other chapter, hits us where we live every single day. And the deeper, the deeper look at this may not be what you learned in Sunday school. But we talk about diving deep together here. Hashtag dive deep together. You go to Google and put hashtag dive deep together. You find all of our teaching. And What happens here is that Eve is the first one to have her eyes open, and that's symbolic for awareness, self-awareness. And this may sound sexist, but I don't care. Women are more self-aware than men in general. There's exceptions. But as we walked in here this morning, Jessica came in and said, Just aesthetically, where should I put my stuff up here? I can't even imagine having that thought, let alone asking asking about that. I like to go thrifting. There's rows and rows of women's clothing and like two rows of dumpy men's clothing. So I go to the tool section or somewhere else and look for something else because men just, 
we basically put on whatever don't itch, you know, and, and we, we're, we're not real conscious of, of how we look sometimes. Now, this, I'm not speaking for all men, but in general, women are more self-aware than men. And she's the first one to have her eyes opened, the first one to come to self-awareness. And there she is. And she gets tempted that you'll, you'll be able to know good from evil. You'll have your eyes opened. You'll be like God. You'll see what's really going on. And she became aware before Adam, which doesn't surprise me at all. But then she created self-awareness in Adam. Because women around us force us into self-awareness. They, she offers the fruit to him, this ripe fruit. Her eyes are opened. And it's because of, it's because of being with her that he becomes aware. And if you've ever been to a men's dormitory where there's no women, it's not a pretty picture. It's really not. It smells bad, everything else. And, uh, and women civilize us. They wake us up. And they also scare us to death. Because the thing men are most afraid of in the whole world, it's not public speaking. It's not swimming with sharks. It's getting rejected by women. It's the big one. And we don't like talking about it. But I still remember back in, with dial phones. Remember dial phones? And asking a girl out to homecoming or prom. And you do all that dialing and you get to the last one and you want to let it go and you don't because she might say no. She might say no. And one of the most devastating things that can happen to a guy is, is having a woman walk out of her life, walk out of his life. It's tough, really tough. And these women offering us fruit and things in the garden, it, uh, what, what's entailed by this bargain? What, you're, you're offering me this? Uh, what's going what's gonna to happen? His eyes get opened too. And his eyes get opened to the fact that he's vulnerable. And they're both vulnerable. Who here has a cat or a dog? Or has ever seen a cat or a dog? Cats and dogs, basically... Their rib cage, the back of their rib cage, literally, faces outward. It's like a shield. Most animals are protected. Human beings standing up straight, all the soft stuff is in the front. We are very vulnerable. But until, until Eve became aware of that, until Adam became aware of that, they were naked and they didn't care. All of a sudden they realized, whoa, we are really vulnerable here. And we put on clothing because we feel vulnerable compared to other animals we're not we're like the opposite of turtles we're just wide open right here like this you know it's it's kind of scary and with that vulnerability and your eyes are open and the human brain being bigger than any other animal we are the only species that knows that we're going to die think about it animals just live in the moment they've got a, they've got a survival instinct but they don't they don't think, well, you know, I better save up for retirement because I, I'm going to die at a certain time and I can get insurance through that amount of time and I better make sure that I'm covered in that way. Animals don't think that way. They struggle to survive. But humans, when our eyes are opened, we realize we're vulnerable. We have to clothe ourselves and we're going we're gonna to die. So we better what? We better work. We better work. And here comes the curse of work. Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree, verse 17, whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the fruit of awakening, the fruit of knowing good from evil, the fruit of, of awareness. The ground is cursed because of you, and your life will struggle to scratch a living from it. 
It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will not, though, though you will eat its grains. By the sweat of your brow will you have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made, for you were made from dust, and to dust you shall return. Who thinks there's a lot of young men right now in the world thinking, I don't really know if I want to work for 40 or 50 years. Do I really have to slog it out all that time? And if I stop slogging, do I stop eating? And there's this little fear that drives men. And we think we better take care of this. And besides, this woman is offering me the apple because she wants to make a deal with me because she wants to have kids. And the curse for her is childbirth, pain in childbirth. And plus, you've got this little kid who's even more vulnerable than you. And you can't go out in the world and hunt and fight and stuff because you've got to protect this kid. And so you better have a guy around taking care of you. Otherwise, who knows what's going to happen? Do you see where this is just what we all go through? These bargains we make with each other, the contracts we make, the I'm going to work. How's this going to I'm going to die. So I've got to work the rest of my life because I probably won't die for a while. Not just gathering food for today it's gathering food for the whole thing. This is why financial planners do so well, because they want to make sure that you have enough money to live off of and you don't outlive your money. Who thinks this chapter is a wee bit like us? Heather's about to give birth, and up until recently, giving birth was incredibly dangerous. Do you know that you women are thinking, we live longer than men? Well, a few generations ago, that wasn't true. Why? Because of childbirth. In many cultures, one out of two women died in childbirth at some point in their lives. And women did not live anywhere near as long as men. Why? Because of childbirth. It's tough. Why? Because the baby's brain is so big. And that's a narrow, that's a narrow thing there coming through there. It is. Squeeze. Squeeze through. It's tough. This is you're you're squirming because this is this is this is real life. This is real life. And if babies' heads were even a little bit bigger, all the women would die on childbirth. And women's hips, if they got any farther across, they, they wouldn't be able to function and run and protect themselves. It's, it's, it's a trade-off genetically. And we need to pray for Heather and Sean as they go through their childbirth. And that, thank goodness you live in 2020 and not 1820, where a lot of terrible things would happen. And they're keeping a very close eye on you because this is genuinely, and you're a nurse, you know, this is, this is a challenging thing. This is not a little walk in the park. It's the, it's the risk equivalent, giving birth even now, of, of donating a kidney. I mean, it's, it's up there. So let's pray for Heather. Put your hands in her direction. Normally we'd gather around her, but after the pandemic we'll do that. Yes? Okay, never mind. <laughs> we're praying later. We'll, we can, we're going to pray for you later. It's coming up. It's already been planned. Such the planning that we do. Anyways, towards the end... They get thrown out of the garden, and the cherubim are guarding the garden with a flaming sword to keep them away from the tree of life because they've come to knowledge of their death. And basically, this came to us during the prayer meeting, it's game over, but you still have to play the game. How's that for depressing? It's game over, but you still got to play the game. And that is no fun at all. So. The big upgrade that Adam and Eve went through, your eyes will be opened, you're vulnerable upright, mortality is going to happen. There's a future threat, not just a present threat. 
And there's the curse of work and childbirth. This is the human condition. Who thinks this is still an old-fashioned story? This is what we go through. This is what human beings struggle with. And most of your stress comes from the stuff that was created in this chapter. Most of your anxiety comes from what's in here. Where am I going to live? How am I going to pay my bills? Is it tax time? What am I going to do if, if I get attacked by somebody? If you're a smaller person or more vulnerable person? Am I safe here? Am I not safe here? Can I contract with people to do life together? And will they run out on me or won't they? Will they All this stuff. You can have a great marriage and your spouse can pass away. And there you are. You've done all the right things. But they get banished from the garden. And the one thing they can't go back to is the tree of life because they're aware of their mortality. This is a fantastic story. It's a scary story. And I'm going to give you some good news. Don't worry, I'm not going to leave you here in Prozac season. We're going to move on from there. This is a, there's good stuff. My first concert I went to, my first rock concert, was Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. I was in junior high. And they sang at the, at the concert at the St. Paul Civic Center. And I was sitting there in junior high thinking, oh, my goodness, people are smoking marijuana. Can they just do that? It, just, it was strange back then. And they sang, we are stardust, we are golden, we are caught in the devil's bargain. And where do we have to get ourselves back to? The garden. There is a yearning for the garden. There's a yearning to get back to the way it was before our awareness opened up. It is hard to make a living. It is hard to keep relationships together. Male-female relationships are incredibly fragile because men have a hard time understanding women. We do, and, and we, we goof up a lot. And those relationships get really fragile. I'm not saying the same thing about women. I think women understand men more than men understand women, for sure. There's another sexist thing, but that's probably true. Probably true. How do we get back to the garden? So what do we do about this? What do we do about the fact that Genesis 3 is true? And Genesis 3 basically chocks the football field for the game we have to play, and the game is over. We're going to lose, but we have to play anyways. What do we do about that? How do we play the game in a way that makes sense? And there is no political or economic solution, only a spiritual one. People are so into this election because they want it to save them. And the people most rabid about it are the people who really hope that this will be, this will get them back to the garden. This will somehow do it. Folks, I'm sure we want to vote for the right people. And sure, we, it's, it's important to vote. And sure, it's important to be a part of that whole thing. But whoever wins is not going to save us. We're still going to be doing the Genesis 3 dance and the Genesis 3 game. They're not going to save us. And there's no economic plan that's going to save us. There's no welfare plan that's going to save us. There's no checks from the government that are going to save us. There's no any of this stuff. And women, because they give birth, are never going to be fully in charge of their own bodies. And they want to be and they can't be. And it's just, it's tough. It's really tough. You've got another human, human being inside of you when you're carrying a baby. And that baby, by the way, is telling you what to do as far as hormones and stuff go. It's not the other way around. You're not in charge of that kid in there. That kid is, tell, is calling the shots. And that's scary for women. And it should be scary because it's this is, this is Genesis 3 stuff. Winning an election won't break the curse. And health care for everyone, even if that were to come someday, is only temporary. 
it's only temporary. We, the, that cherubim is still there with the sword, and uh, we're not getting back to that spot. That being the case, we need, we need a spiritual awakening. The first awakening was to the reality of life in this world. And Genesis 3 is all about reality in this world. And it's very true. This is the world we live in. We need a second awakening. And the second awakening is what Jesus said when he says, you must be born again, you must be born from above. You have to have a spiritual awakening. There is no way, there's no way you can survive this game without it. Unless you just want to drink yourself to death or eat yourself to death or, or entertain yourself to death, which people are doing right now, by the way, in a big way. Oh, my goodness. It's just uh, I could go on and on about this because I see things. And it's happening. And those are not solutions that actually work. They just postpone the same stuff. We need to be born from above. We need to have a spiritual awakening. We need to become one with our creator and join him in what he is doing. Back in Genesis 1, as the spirit of God was hovering over the waters, over the chaos, and bringing order out of chaos through our work. And God was blessed by his work. Work doesn't have to be a curse. When we've had a spiritual awakening, we can reverse the curse. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. But only through a spiritual awakening. If you've ever been in a 12-step group, it doesn't work without a spiritual awakening. It doesn't work. It, it just doesn't work without that. You need a higher power. You need to. The only alternative which is reasonable is to awaken spiritually, awaken for a second time, to awaken spiritually and join forces with your creator in his work of creation and find joy in that. That's the only way out of this game. Have no fear, little flock. Jesus says, for it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And the kingdom, by the way, is not meant to be heaven someday in this passage. It's the power of God. We have the power of God in our hands. And we are to operate with that power, to pray for healing, to pray for provision, to pray for joy. I mean, Jessica's songs today were all about the reality of the world and getting joy out of God, the source of everything. The Spirit brings order out of chaos. You see, Paul had a spiritual awakening. He was playing the Genesis 3 game, and he was losing, like everyone else. And he had a big spiritual awakening on the way to Damascus. And look what he writes to the Corinthians. For this corruptible, this body that's going to die and fall apart. Oh, folks, I, I've been doing these videos every day since the pandemic started, and I hate looking at them, because who's this old guy on this... <laughs> What in the world? I'm looking at this. 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 And our bodies are going to get older. I'm, I love having an older brain, but I don't like having an older body. And that's just no fun to watch. I'm just thinking. My hair is just getting so thin. I've, I'm already thinking about which ways to comb it to make it look like there's more. I'm glad I'm tall, so you don't see all the bald spots on top. But still, it's just the corruptible must put on what incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. In order for us to address Genesis 3, we have to put on immortality. So when this corruptible is put on incorruption, this mortal is put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. It's through 
faith in Jesus Christ who overcame the grave, that we can overcome the grave and put fear of death behind us. As the fear of death is behind us, then we can walk in joy. We can do all kinds of things because we don't worry about it. I want to stay alive. God gave us a, a survival instinct for a reason. And I want to stay alive to do God's work here. But if God takes me home, God takes me home. That's fine. And I don't have to worry about dying. It's a really cool thing not to worry about dying, by the way, because it changes everything. It changes the way we look at all kinds of stuff. I had a friend who was a door-to-door evangelist out in Washington for our church. And he was kind of bold because he'd just come to faith, like a lot of people who just come to faith, kind of bold. And he's knocking on doors. And, and we had a lot of scruffy places out there in Washington, out in the Olympic Peninsula. And he knocked on one door, and he was met with a shotgun. And the guy says, get off my land. He says, well, I just want to tell you about Jesus. And he raised it up to his face. Get off my land. He says, go ahead, pull the trigger. He says, uh, if so, my, my troubles are over, and yours are just starting. <laughs> But he'd given up his fear of what? Of death. Now, please hear me, folks. Don't do stupid stuff just because I've said this, okay? I want you to stay alive because God gave us a survival instinct for a reason. But we don't have to worry about death. It's, it, look at this. You see, Paul's had a spiritual awakening, so his fear of death has what? It's disappeared. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren and cistern, if there's such a word, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. There's joy in our work when we've had a spiritual awakening. There can't be without it unless we're just deluding ourselves. If we take the world seriously, the way it really is. And Genesis 3 tells us what, the way it really is. And we've all taken our lumps from the Genesis 3 stuff. We all have. With relationships, with work, with all the things that we've faced. We've all taken our lumps there. And without this, folks, our work can be joyful if we put aside the fear of death and we join forces with the Lord and see our work as being a part of what he's having us do. That's the key to everything. Here's some practicalities. Steps to reverse the work curse, the curse that Adam was given. Listen for God's call, his vocation on your life. I don't know what God wants me to do. Well, I, I hear that. But as I've said a thousand times to this church, God has more talk than we've got listen. We need to up our listening a little bit. Because God has work for us to do. That's why he brought us here. And that gives us joy that he brought us here for a reason. And without a God, without a creator, without a purpose, without a vocation, you can't have a vocation. Vocation is just Latin for calling without a caller, someone calling us. So there's got to be somebody calling us for that to work. Listen for your call. Stop comparing yourself to other people. I'm dealing with somebody right now I'm very close to, and he is just... So into comparison right now that he's just depressing himself. And he's in a wonderful situation and doesn't even see it. And he is a believer, but he's putting that aside and living in Genesis 3 instead. And comparing himself to other people. And there's nothing I can do. 
I, I keep trying. There's nothing I can do to bring him out of this, and it's driving me nuts. How could you have faith and then just set it aside and do all this as, and operate as if that stuff isn't there? A lot of people are going to heaven, but they're living in hell on earth because they, they just don't put their faith to work. It happens all the time. If our faith is real, and for a lot of people it is, but they don't use it, then what's the point? We have to put it to work in our vocation, in our relationships, in our health, all of those things. Third one, one of the reasons work becomes a curse is because we start to think of our own survival, Genesis 3 stuff, rather than serving others. And the real joy is to be found in serving others. I cannot tell you how much happier I am. I'm very glad to, to speak to a camera. And I know there's people behind the camera. They're just as real as the people here. But it's fun to see your faces because I want to bring you what's in the Word, and I see that you're getting it. And that's fun to see. It's fun to help. It's fun to add value to people's lives. It's fun to do that. Serving is where the joy is. And without a spiritual awakening, we're not going to be servants. We're going to be trying to survive on our own and trying to make it. Who thinks America has a few people that are doing that uh, and walking over other people on their way to doing it and cutting each other down in the break room and everything else because they're always into the comparison thing? Sabbath keeping. Sabbath keeping is a curse vaccination. To take a day where you really don't plan things and let your soul come to rest and let your, let your spirit catch up with your body, for goodness sake. If we run ragged week after week, we're going to be back in Genesis 3, still believing in God, but our lives will be in Genesis 3. God put the, the Sabbath at the very beginning of Genesis because without the Sabbath, we start to wear out and we start getting depressed. Who thinks we're more depressed when we're tired and, and frazzled? It happens. It happens. We, the Sabbath is made for us. That doesn't mean we can break it when we want to. The whole idea is we can use it. We can use it for spiritual health. And it's so important to have time that you don't schedule. We don't plan things. Sabbath keeping is a curse vaccination. Pivot when facing challenges. Keep one foot in what you're doing and pivot the other one. You can face lots of different directions. Don't panic and just jump off into oblivion and do something all entirely different. Chances are there's something you're doing that's working. Keep doing that and move the other foot and trust that you can keep pivoting. Family formation, and this is not just legal family. This is people you do life with. I look back at uh, some of you sitting out here, uh, Carolyn and Ann. Carolyn and Ann are not family in the legal sense of the word, but they are. They've done life together, sitting in the back back there. They've done life together in a big way. With your group, I saw your picture of your group the other, was a week or two ago. That's family. That's family formation. That's getting together with people that you go the distance with. And there is something to that. And of course it includes marriage and it includes all those other things too, but work on those relationships. Relationships help us with our work because then we can, we can move labor around. You can, have, you can have dispersion of labor and you don't all have to do everything. In a group of people, you can share. Somebody's better at cooking. Somebody's better at making money. Somebody's better at organizing. Somebody's better at raising kids. You can do all those things. 
I see our immigrant community here in California better at this than the people who've been here for a long time because they've got strong families. It drives them crazy sometimes because families can drive you crazy and they'll all tell you about it. But there's something about those families that is really solid and they do share work in a really good way. Family formation. Raise your consciousness of the father of Abba. Don't just go through the day thinking it's just me. Think in terms of, okay, Lord, how are we doing this together? I love Linda's prayer where she never says amen in the morning and she tries to keep the phone open all during the day. There's something to that. There's something to going through the day with conscious of God being around, whether or not you're particularly aware of him on that day. Because some days we're more aware of him than others. But it changes the way we go through the day. It reverses the curse. All of these things help reverse the curse. Another thing, for those of you watching online, for those of you here, we just started a new Alpha course on Wednesday. Some of you are helping lead it. And it is one of the best places to open yourself up to a spiritual awakening. I've never seen more people awaken spiritually anywhere than at Alpha, Garcia Weekends, Promise Keeper Weekends, those kind of places which are designed to create an environment where you can open your heart up to a spiritual awakening. And I would just really invite you to think about coming on the course. The first, uh, the first actual lesson is this Wednesday. Who is Jesus? We'd love to have you hbhouse at gmail.com. I need your name and email, and we'll get you on the interactive Zoom call. We've got people from all four, all four uh, time zones. Woody? I have to repeat everything you say for the thing. So. Yes. He's talking about God clothing them, for those of you watching. What he is saying here that uh, God provides the clothing here, he clothed them, which is true in Genesis 3. And it says his covenant of protection, we can be reminded of his protection. And most of us get dressed every day, we're going to say. So we can think about as we put clothes on that God is, that's right, that's right. That he is, uh, those are little times where we can think about that, where God is providing for us. Saying grace before a meal is another place to do that. Little things we do to remind ourselves that God is in the picture. And uh, when you put clothes on, think, okay, Lord. Your, your protection is present here. So we need to go back to the garden. This is the garden tomb in Israel. Uh, whether or not it was the actual one where Jesus arose, it was like this. And it's interesting, isn't it, that, uh, that Jesus rose from the dead in a garden. And what did Mary Magdalene say to him? Are you the gardener? Getting back to the garden, folks, is getting back to the resurrection, getting back to and embracing the resurrection and victory over death. And if we can just nail that one down, it makes a big difference. That's why baptism is a symbolic drowning of our old self and coming out of the water to newness of life. We just baptized Sean last summer, and coming out of the water is, uh, is taking part in the resurrection and saying, I'm going with Jesus into eternal life. So, 
It's time for a second upgrade invitation to reverse the curse. This is for people who've never had a spiritual awakening and for people like me where your spiritual awakening slips away from time to time during the day and you start getting anxious and you have to re-up with the Lord to bring that peace back into your life. We have to do that on a continual basis. I think it's so important when anxiety and fear starts to kind of raise its, its head. Social anxiety, financial anxiety, medical anxiety, political anxiety. All of those things out there that happen when those things, who thinks that the news is kind of making money off of that right now, uh, making us feel anxious? That's, it's, it's happening right now. And I'm not saying don't ever watch the news. I'm just saying that they're selling anxiety. If you watched it all day, you probably, yeah, it'd be bad. It'd be really bad. And so what we have to do is we have to reverse that curse. So I invite you to stand, and I'm going to have Tamara come up here and do the announcements in a second. Just everybody would stand, even those of you at home. Stand up if you would. And I'm going to have the folks here repeat after me, because we all need to continue to affirm and reaffirm and reaffirm our spiritual awakening. And just pray with me. Heavenly Father, the garden in Genesis 3 is a very real place. And the awakening of Eve and Adam brought awareness of vulnerability and awareness of death and the curse of work, and the danger of childbirth. And Lord, I don't want to live under this curse. I want to reverse the curse. I want to say yes to your son, who in the garden walked out of his grave. And I want to receive all of his promises and call on him as often as I need to. Whenever the curse starts to bubble up, I can reverse the curse and choose joy and choose peace and choose work that's meaningful. And Heavenly Father, I pray that you send your Holy Spirit to walk with me as a comforter, calling me alongside, raising my awareness of you. Lord, I want to join you in your creation, in your joy, and your strength, and your power. And Heavenly Father, we want to share these things with other people, Lord. I just Give us the opportunity to talk to people who are stressed out and panicked and anxious right now. And help us to find the words to show them there is no political or economic solution to your problem. You need the Lord. I pray that we get chances to share our faith with people this week, Lord, because it's a time where people need it. And Paul wrote, Lord, in Romans 8, 37 through 39, 
Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor politics, nor disease, nor economic trouble, vocational disruption, pandemics, nor, I threw those in, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You can sit down now. You can sit down. Okay. Um, when you were talking, House, about how people are so panicked, I have some people I'm friends with on Facebook. I went to school with them. I'm not close to them, but still friends. And one person in particular is overwrought because of this election and is not sleeping and is stressed out and says if she doesn't have the TV on all the time so that she can make sure everything's still okay, she goes into a panic attack. And I thought, you need to turn off the TV. You need to stop watching that. Um, she is not ready for me to talk to her about Jesus. So I'm praying for her and praying for an opening to where I can say, you know, this isn't healthy. It's not good. She knows that part, but she doesn't, she's not even close. She's just so caught up and worried about this. And Jessica, I loved one of the songs. I'm going to try to find it that we were singing. Yeah, it's the last song um, where the ashes rise. We rise out of the ashes. That one? Yeah, raise a hallelujah. Up from the ashes. I'm trying to find the words so I can put them up here, but you know. Oh. I'm going to have Kathy start. And in the middle, and I know um, for those of you out in Facebook land, you're not going to be able to necessarily hear the prayers of our faith family here, but it's really important that they are able to pray over Heather and Sean. So I, I apologize for that um, in the beginning. But um, if those of you that are in Facebook land here in the church, please Put out your hands towards Heather and Sean, um, Everett and baby Ellie, who will be with us soon. And uh, Kathy's going to start. Abba, Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful little piece of you that's going to enter into our family really, really soon. We thank you for all the wonderful things she's going to do and how she's going to change our life. I ask that you keep your hand on this family, keep them all healthy, keep them all ha happy, and, um, you know, fill them just with joy, God. Fill them joy about this, but about a whole new life that they're going to be starting. I thank you so much for bringing them into my life. You know how much they mean to me. And I ask you to show us how to bless them. Anyone else that would like to shout out a prayer? Lord, we pray for protection for Heather, Lord, the Genesis 3. We see that this is a multi-perilous night. We pray, Lord, that you protect her totally and completely from issues and issues. We pray for a, a, a simple and deep and healthy childbirth. We pray, Lord, that you would touch her strength quickly, that uh, you give her everything she needs to get through this, Lord. 
Father God, we are just so thankful that um, that baby Ellie has been so healthy as she has grown inside Heather's tummy. We ask, Lord, that um, you continue to bless Heather and Sean um, as their family grows. We ask, Lord, that um, as this birth comes so much closer, that you continue to bless the relationship with each other and with you. Lord, I ask a special blessing on Ellie, Lord. Fill her with your spirit. Fill her with your wisdom and your knowledge. Fill them with your discernment. Lord, let her um, love for you grow now and become stronger every day. Lord, let her, let her never stray from you, but always, always follow you. And Lord, I pray for Everett, Lord, to be um, the protector of his little sister. Lord, let him be um, the champion for his little sister. Let him show kindness and love and gentleness to her. I've already seen it in other kids, so Lord, just let it be with his little sister. And Lord, um, just bless this family. Bless Dave and Kathy and all the other grandparents that this child will have, because there's a lot of them, that will love this little girl and who love Everett. And, Lord, just bless them as well with this relationship. Lord, thank you for Heather and Sean and Everett and Ellie. And, Lord, we love you. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Yay. Everett lasted a few minutes. (laughs) All right. So we want to... 
we love to pray, as you can tell. We would love to pray for you. So those of you that are here, fill out a connection card. If um, you're not here and you're on Facebook, send a DM to House or myself. Send it, put it on our prayer wall on our Facebook group, or send me an email at Tamara underscore Dorica um, at yahoo.com, and we will pray for you. Also, our October prayer focus, we have our October prayer cards here. It is on our Facebook group and page. It is for our first responders who need our prayers more than ever now. So please um, be praying for them. Also, we always pray for our president, our elected, all of our elected officials. So please pray for them, especially right now. We need prayers more than ever for this whole political process. Um, so pray. That's all I can say. Get on your knees and pray, people. And then um, please pray for the health and protection of your pastors. That's Kim um, House and I. And then also for our trustees. We'll be meeting in a couple weeks again. And um, we continue to try to navigate these strange waters. And so we need your prayers. We covet your prayers so that we can continue to follow God's lead on all of this. So please pray. And worship leaders. Yes. Okay, Jessica, our worship leader today, says all of the worship leaders she knows is under severe attack. In our prayer um, post that I send out to the prayer team, we always pray for the worship leaders, the trustees, and the pastors. So you're welcome. We always pray for you guys. So pray for them as well. So that's Jessica, um, Jen, and Kim if you wanted to know their names. Also, join us in our daily Bible reading. We have um, the cards out for you guys today. And then um, it's also on our Facebook page and and our um, group. So join us every day reading the Bible. Getting into the Word um, is one way to keep our spiritual renewal new and fresh. And then hop onto Facebook uh, group and hear House's teaching for the day. House already told you about Alpha, so please... Um, Talk to him if you want to join, and we hope you do join because it is a fun thing to do. You learn a lot, even if you're a seasoned Christian. There's, I know there's some of you out there. Seasoned Christian, you will learn something, and you will grow, and you'll experience the Father in a whole different way. So please join us. It's not too late. Teacher training tonight, 4 p.m. on Sundays. Uh, the topic is how to use social media. There is, a, I think, a gift of using social media. We can use it the right way. We can use it the wrong way. Learn how to use it the right way to um, minister to others. And so please join us tonight. That's at 4 o'clock on tonight or this afternoon. And if you need more information or the Zoom link, contact house, hbhouse at gmail.com. Tomorrow there's going to be a work party. What are we working on? Okay. Okay, so we're working on um, getting some cables run up right up here in front of the church to uh, put up some uh, shade cells. So we're working on that. We're going to be working on some other things. So please bring your gloves and any basic tools you may have. And we're going to be doing that from 11 to 2 p.m. tomorrow. And the women's toilet. Yay, because there is some problems in that bathroom. So they're going to be working on the women's restroom as well. So please um, come and help out. If you have any questions, contact House, because I think, are you leading this? More or less, he's leading this. 
And we're going to be taking our tithes and offerings. Well, actually not taking them. If you have your tithes and offerings with you today, put them in the envelopes that are on your chairs. And there's a connection box in the back. That's where you can put your connection card and your envelope. Um, checks made out to the well at Surf City. You can mail them in to 2721 Delaware Street. Or you can go on our website, divedeeptogether.com. You can do text giving. There's the Patreon um, giving as well. So many ways. There is a document you can look up. It's at tinyurl.com slash malachi310giving. And that will give you every way that it is to um, donate. So thank you. Thank you and thank you. I think that's it for today. So God bless you guys. Have a great week. And we look forward to seeing you here next week. Bye.